This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Well, as a great, great man once uh, quoted me, and that would be difficult because he, he, he lived and died a hundred years before I did. But no, uh, to quote a great man in part, this is not evidently the end of the beginning. Um, I'm sorry. I, I knew, I knew since it was not my quote that I would screw it up. It's uh it's uh, evidently, not the uh, beginning of the end. But it looks like the end of the beginning. And despite despite my uh, self-imposed uh, disability there in being able to deliver that quote directly, uh, even indirectly, where are we today as I welcome you? Where we are is a gut check and a soul check of two parts. Number one, how long will you support your candidate after you believe your candidate has no plausible path to victory? Number two, will you recognize adopt, embrace, and be loyal to your own strategy. I have one. Do you? Mine leads me not to whom I will vote, but leads me to inexorably to what I will do in order to make sure someone else doesn't get in. Excelsior. I missed you. Welcome back, my radio family, my friends, my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. 
It's the Jaily News, though you might not recognize it because generally I can string words together to form sentences. I am Jay Severin. Our shared office number is one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. You know, have you you've heard it said that sometimes the problem isn't too little sleep, it's too much? I figured this weekend Given the schedule, it really timed out nicely if you're in in media because, well, I don't I won't explain. I don't need to dissect how the fact is we didn't happen to have a live broadcast. And the way things were happening, it meant that I could you know stay up if I wanted until two or three in the morning and not have to get up or, you know, prepare all the time as I generally do. Uh not at the same time anyway, but it just made me, obviously made me damaged rather than replenishing me. So what I needed was more work, not less, because I really botched that opening. Can we do the real one now? Hi, I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, and it may not be the beginning of the end, but it looks like the end of of the beginning calling into question the two biggest moral commitments you must make one how long do you follow and support your candidate even after you believe you no one else you believe he has no longer any chance number two do you have an overarching strategy a dictum that dictates to you what you will do, and why. Welcome, it's the Blaze Radio Network. I could be on a continuous loop now, so I, I, I better be careful. That was something more of what I had in mind. Um, <clears throat> wow. Good God Almighty. Can I get a good God Almighty from, from this weekend? This was, as we pre-analyzed, uh, as we discussed, This weekend was going to be a big deal. It was a big deal. Let's start with Heb. You know, and if you say over and over Heb enough in that sort of in the appropriate fashion, Heb, it really starts to sound like it it doesn't... uh, it doesn't deserve an exclamation point, does it? Heb. Well, it, it, if it deserves an exclamation point, it's only because one other thing that does is the issuance of a of a cry for help. And if you say over and over again enough, Heb, Heb, help, 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 Heb really becomes help. And Heb, the cry Heb, became the cry Help, really long ago, as we know, and as we've discussed. But for anyone to whom it was not clear, it is now clear that Heb is Help, although the cry for Help is too late. May I start by uh, repeating the message of a tweet. If you're not with me, I I sure wish you would be. I am with you many more hours on Twitter than I get to be with you on the air. 
I'm very grateful for our podcast, SoundCloud. Don't forget about it. Uh, uh, you know, the best of, such as it is, is there for you on SoundCloud. Uh, but I'm, I'm with you on Twitter a lot, as as uh, you know. Maybe too much. Let me know. Sometimes too much of a good thing is too much. But as I said on Twitter, where I spend uh, most of my evening hours, uh, in campaign years anyway, Jeb Bush is a good man, I think, in most, if not all, discernible respects. Jeb Bush is a good man, a God-fearing man of, of extraordinary commitment to his country. I, we, may not subscribe to the view of his country or the policies that govern it, more precisely. We may not agree with him on that. And I think here on the Blaze Radio Network, on this show anyway, I think it's fair to say you did not lose your candidate on Saturday night. I don't think there is an overwhelming number of fans here but I think at this moment it reflects on us and thus behooves us especially at at the moment of Saturday night and this is the first time since we've been together it behooves us to recognize to stop for a moment schadenfreude notwithstanding and there's very little to be bitter about Heb about I mean, it's it's easy to make fun of him, and I do. But you know what? He's a very hard guy uh, to hate, right? I mean, I don't. I try not to hate anybody. I, I do make notable exceptions. Uh, but he's a very hard guy to dislike. You know why? Because Jeb Bush is a discernibly good man from a fine, God-fearing patriotic family who has done more than its share to serve this country, whether or not we agree with their politics. If if only George Sr. is considered a, a son of a United States senator, a Mayflower family blue blood who did not have to fight in World War II, but on his day of graduation from prep school, led, organized and led, a band of his classmates at the age of 18, literally to march from his prep school graduation into the village of their school and register for the draft, to sign up, to volunteer. George Bush Sr. was the youngest, is, the youngest pilot ever to be shot down. George Bush Sr. is the youngest pilot in war ever to be shot down in the service of the United States of America. There were two rafts 
several people died in the descent. George Bush survived. His mates survived. Those who did got into two different rafts. They drifted. They starved. They were crazy from thirst. They were injured. They drifted. They were in Japanese territory. They, the two rafts ended up landing on two fairly nearby islands. One was inhabited by cannibals. That's the one George Bush landed on. He was, by the way, at the time, I believe, 17. Because he lied, I think. Either because he lied to get in or uh, 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 because that was the age. George Bush landed up on the island with the cannibals. His mates, his crew, ended up on the island with the Japanese. They were decapitated. George Bush was finally saved by a submarine in the middle of the night, offered the opportunity to go home, and he said, no, I want to go back to my unit and fly combat as soon as possible. He slept on the plate decks of the submarine. There was no bunk available. He slept on the floor, the metal floor of the submarine, for a couple of few months while they cruised around the Pacific doing their duty, waiting to connect him so he could get back to his unit and go up and fly again. That is the Bush family. And however much I disagree with Heb and what his politics are, the apple in this respect never falls too far from the patriotic tree. No? The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. What do you think it means? What do you think it means that Jeb Bush is out? What does it mean to the race? How does it affect the Republican race? How does it affect who will be the next president of the United States? How does it affect the overall? How does it affect the Republican side? What does it say about us, about you and me? That's what we're here to discuss. 
on the Blaze Radio Network. There is a very worthwhile piece in today's Washington Post, which you can look up for free. Okay, just go to WashingtonPost.com or just Washington Post in your search engine. And on their front page, they don't have a charge to read this article. You don't have to join, pay, do anything. Just go to Washington Post. And there is a feature page one article. I don't know if it's from today or Sunday. It won't matter. I think it's from today. But it's the first thing that popped up in my search engine. I didn't put a date on it. And it, it, the name of it is, you know, what happened to George Bush? You know, the fall of the Bush family legacy or whatever it is. I'm going to share several paragraphs from it with you after the break. For now, we're going to continue for a few moments discussing George Bush because it's extremely important. He may not be extremely important. I was going to say any more. I'm not sure he was ever extremely important. Uh, certainly if his name was Jones, he, he wouldn't have been discussed as much. And therein, of course, the heart of both the opportunity and the problem. And we'll get to that in, in a matter of moments, the name thing. Having, having hailed... Jeb Bush. Now let me bury him. I have respect for him and his family. In fact, my respect for him largely derives from his family. In fact, I think it derives almost entirely from his family, which is okay. May not be okay with him, but it's okay with me. Jeb Bush announced you may recall that he wanted to be president, but he didn't particularly wish to run for president. And throughout the primary, you may recall, I kind of um, mocked him for saying, Mommy, those people, they look like they bowl. I don't have to touch them, do I, Mommy? I mean, I'm willing to be their president, the raffle, but I, I, I don't have to touch them, do I? I don't have to be in a room with them, do I, mommy? Can you do that for me? Also, I think I just spit up a little. Do you think you could take care of that too, mommy? George Bush, sorry, Jeb Bush announced, as you will recall, he had a plan. The plan was to lose the primary, but to win the general election. (laughs) Okay. I get it. And there are novel ways of saying and doing things. Ironically, it's a guy named Donald J. Trump who has defied the laws of political gravity this year. Not Heb. But Heb thought he could. Because it is tantamount to having a, a, a stone in your hand and throwing it up in the air and it either hovers there or keeps going up. That would defy the laws of gravity. Heb thought he could do this with the laws of political gravity. Heb thought he could not be a conservative, that he could run from the core of his party. Now, God only knows that conservative 
has meant less this year in the Republican calculus than it is it has meant in a hundred years. There is no no denying that. We're going to have plenty of opportunity to observe, dissect that phenomenon. But you can't give the middle finger to the base of your party, whoever you are, and and expect to do well in primaries. I don't know what Heb, Heb was thinking, but this notion of, well, okay, I'll deign to run in a general election. But they had better not expect that I'm going to say and do the things I need to do in order to excite, you know, the core members of our party, the ones who knock on doors and give money and raise money and 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 man the telephones and do all those things. Why do these people do this? They're volunteers. They do it because they're excited about what you believe. And Heb was trapped between the aforementioned stone and a hard place. If he actually told you what he believes, it would be very difficult to get anything a, anything remotely resembling a, a majority of Republican primary voters to vote for you. But if you didn't tell them, they would not get excited about you. And you'd start to average your vote at about three, four, five percent, and that's pretty much where you'd come in in each primary, you know, fifth or fourth or third. It finally caught up with him. Jeb Bush followed his strategy. See where it's gotten him. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. one 3393 Of the things that happened on Super Saturday, also known as Trump Saturday, 48 hours ago, included in that very important civics circus Maximus, of course, was who won, who came in second and third, and so forth. Right now, though, we are giving due, not out of a nostalgic obligation to Heb Bush, but that is the number one story. Not because of Heb, but because of what his failure represents. A year ago, everyone believed, no, not everyone, I'm sorry, I, I withdraw and rephrase, a year ago... All of the establishment Republicans believed, and a, and a lot of other people who are not rhinos, not, not progressives, but there were a lot of us who believed that despite our wishes to the contrary, that Heb would win because he was Heb, after all. And he had all that money and organization and endorsements and, and, and et cetera. But his... Withdrawal from the campaign, which is a polite way of saying he was beaten like a rented mule. He was flogged out of town. 
by real Republicans. Those of us that are left. Today, there's an article uh, to which I made reference in the Washington Post. I recommend it to you highly. It's free. It's there at WashingtonPost.com. It's on the front page. I'll share a few paragraphs here with you. His chief strategist said, and I'm going to pick and choose here for the, in the interest of time. Jeb was never going to be an angry guy, and the voters wanted angry. Mike Murphy, the chief strategist, and by the way, uh, Mike will, however disappointed Mike is, Mike was the head of the super PAC called Right to Rise. He was the head of the super PAC for Bush. I can only, and I'm, I'm guessing here, I'm guessing based on 30 years of experience, but I'm guessing that uh, no Murphy, certainly including Mike, will ever again have to work. Not for 15 generations. Mike, it is my belief, and again, I don't know, but based on a lot of experience, I believe that Mike probably got a substantial retainer each month and an overall percentage of what the pack spent, at least on media. No Murphy will have to work again for 20 generations. And, and, and I don't spite anybody anything and business is business the thing i the reason i raise this is that i'll bet mike murphy has already fielded three dozen phone calls from people running for governor or the senate or looking at the presidential race in 2020 it's the only business, mine was one of the, the very few businesses, maybe television being the other, if you're a TV personality, where you fail, you seem to fail, one seems to fail only upward. Now, that's not to say that Mike has not been successful in other campaigns. He has. But one of the least known, virtually unpublished, largely inaccessible facts in American politics is how much people who are, were, as I was, a political consultant, how we make our money, how much we make, and what our won and lost record is. I don't know of another business in the world where your won and lost record does not enter into the calculus of the person poised to either hire you or not hire you. Again, this is no criticism of Mike Murphy. It's just a a tiny bit of speculative insight into what happens after you spend $120 million, $150 million, and it fails utterly. In virtually every other endeavor in life, the people connected with that failure would be in virtual disgrace within their profession, and they would lose their homes, their cars, their reputations, because 
it was an what they were directing was an utter failure. In the business I once inhabited, you can lose spectacularly and become a multi, 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 multi millionaire. Anyway, Mike Murphy, chief strategist for Bush's Super PAC, said our theory was to dominate the establishment lane into the actual voting primaries. I continue to quote, that was the strategy, and it did not work. I think it was the right strategy for Jeb. The problem was there was a huge anti-establishment wave. The establishment lane was smaller than we thought it would be. Continuing to quote, the marketplace was looking for something different, and we'll find out how that ends when we have a nominee. End quote. Now I quote the article, the writer of the article. The result is one of the most startling failures in the modern history. May I repeat? The result is one of the most startling failures in the modern history of American politics. The fall of the House of Bush. It is a human story about the struggles of one of the most successful former governors in America in his bid to become president, like his father and his brother, set against the backdrop of one of the strangest political cycles the country has ever seen. Beyond understanding the anger in the electorate, three other problems led to Bush's downfall. First, the candidate and his team misjudged the degree of Bush fatigue among Republicans. AIDS said an internal poll conducted last fall showed discouraging news. Roughly two-thirds of voters had issues with Bush's family ties. Quote, Bush stuff was holding him back, end quote, said one aide who saw the polling data. Quote, we obviously knew it was an issue, But even still, the gap between it and other issues, I just didn't think it would be that big. End quote. Second reason. Bush and his team miscalculated the role and power of money and traditional television commercials in 2016. During the first six months of last year, Bush raised more than $100 million dollars. Most of it stockpiled directly into Right to Rise, the aforementioned super PAC, a strategy that seemed right at the time, but came at the cost of not dealing with other pressing needs. Third reason. Bush ran a campaign that, whether deliberate or not, was rooted in the past. Managed by loyal... Does any of this sound familiar? Best and brightest, Bush ran a campaign rooted in the past, managed by loyalists who admired Bush, enjoyed his confidence, but who, like the candidate, found themselves in unfamiliar political terrain. His advisors were convinced from the start that more voters learned that the mo- more voters learned about what Bush had done as governor of Florida 
they would flock to him as their presidential candidate. Bush himself stubbornly held to that approach, even as evidence mounted that it was out of step with voters. Another strategist is quoted as saying, he definitely wanted to run. He always had it in him. He knew this was his last chance. He was trying to figure out how to do it his own way. I was struck by his obstinate avoidance of the politics. He wanted to do it his way or no way. Well, I guess we learned on Saturday which uh, in that binary equation, Jeb's way or no way, that was ultimately the way. And it was no way. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, Abby Normal is one of the the, the tweeps, and it seems demeaning to call him that, one of our partners who most quickly and ably distinguished himself as a wit and an analyst by virtue of his earliest messages on Twitter and continues to this day to occupy the top of that pyramid. Abby Normal, welcome back. How you doing, Jay? Well, thank you, sir. Oh, good, thanks. Listen, yeah, I wanted to expand on, um, you know, and thank you for the glowing review. Um, Deserved, deserved, my dear sir, deserved. Well, I've been been a talk radio listener since uh, my early to mid-20s, and I actually started listening to talk radio before Rush Limbaugh. I, I used to listen to Jerry Williams up in Boston on RKO. Me too. I mean, that tells you I how long that's Jer- been. I, I, I know who Jerry is, and I've heard him, yeah. and I heard him in real time, but I was from New York, and so I listened to Barry Farber and Bob Grant, my earliest recollections of talk radio. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm with so, you, mate. Yeah, that's that's kind of where, you know, I'm I'm I'm... Uh, unapologetically a blue collar guy. I'm a working man, you know. And um, but I'm a. I hope you junk. said unapologetically. I did. I say it unapologetically. Okay. Yeah, I'm just. Okay. I'm a working guy. I'm a working man. I, I'm just. You know. I work with my hands every day. Um, but the thing is, and and I kind of wanted to expand on this a little bit with with the Ted Cruz and 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 the um, the thing with Ted Cruz is, I trust Ted Cruz, one hundred percent. I trust Donald Trump, and I trust. Marco Rubio, like I trust a car salesman, okay? You may need a car salesman when you need to buy a car. But, uh, you know, Ted Cruz is on a whole different level, and I think that that's where the charisma part comes in, is he can't articulate. He can articulate something in a courtroom, but he can't articulate and talk to a guy like me that's out there working with his hands every day and, uh, you know, Abby, I think you're nailing doesn't, it. Doesn't feel um, bad about unusual. grabbing a shovel. Not unusual. You know what I mean? You. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Let me interrupt. And tell you something. I watched sure. 
This is all I do. I watched the cut-in, what they call the billboards, at the top of each hour on Fox Mm -hmm. and CNN and others. They're going to do the billboards. They're going to tell you, coming up this hour, and they're going to show you some what's called B-roll, right? They're going to roll some video without sound. The B-roll is going to show you each of the things they're going to talk about. It could be a train wreck emitting gas. It could be a candidate emitting gas. But it's they're going to show you B-roll of what they're talking about and uh, with a short description, summary description by the anchor. You know, and they say on the next hour on the X show, and they show you that, and then they theme song, you know, cue the anchor. Okay. On every intro section, every billboard today from 6 a.m. on that showed the candidates, showed politics in the billboards, and as I recall, everyone did on both CNN and Fox. I can't watch everybody. Abby, what they showed in those billboards was a summary of what you are astutely observing. They showed a quick B-roll of each of them, and in, in, in several of them, they did include a little bit of sound. And in each one, the candidate said something, and you probably got to hear the candidate for five seconds tops. Yeah. Rubio said well, something vaguely contentious and interesting. Trump said something, what they showed about Trump was fascinating. You couldn't not look. And when they showed Ted... He started giving a lecture on constitutional law. Yeah, and and see that's what I'm saying because you know I watched after the after the numbers started coming in and it was basically a tie between Rubio and and Ted Cruz, Cruz. and yeah. Rubio is just he's just more polished and more um, he can talk to, to to normal people I think. Do you know what Cruz? Ted I'm going to hold you over if you're willing to do it because sure, I've only got I'm, I'm like 15 to seconds. Stop the hour. Do you know, everybody knows that Cruz finished second. I'm sorry, Rubio finished second, Cruz finished third. Do you know by what margin? Two-tenths of a percent. Exact. Abby, man, you are on this. You are on this, baby. As Abby says, Rubio won by two-tenths of a point. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. is gone. What does it mean? Where do we go from here? And speaking of which, what about my boy Ted? Ted. Ted. Excelsior. Jeb Bush, uh, before I begin, because you may not know who Jeb Bush is, uh, that would be understandable. Welcome 
radio partners, family, friends, to the Blaze Radio Network's presentation of the Jaily News. I am Jay Severin. Our office number, we never close, one 888 We're kind of like Hillary Clinton's mouth. We never close, except we don't sound like a bandsaw cutting through a combined section of uh, glass and corrugated tin uh, up close. one 888 Bush appears a good man. He's from a fine family. His father, a distinguished, heroic, combat veteran, flyer, and president of the United States, and his brother, president, too. Whereas Hebb's family were all to the manner born, they could politic. Somehow they made the connection. It, it, it haunted them. George Bush Sr., and this always killed me, big war heroes at Newsweek, for instance, guys who had never been punched in the nose in their life, nor ever punched anyone in the nose, never been in a bar fight, were calling George Bush Sr., who volunteered when he was 17 to be a fighter pilot, was the youngest pilot in combat to be shot down in World War II, and I think maybe ever in the United States history. They were calling him a wimp, combating the wimp factor. That has, that has haunted the Bush family from the beginning. And you know what? It's a very American thing. I don't like saying it. I, I don't like prejudice. And again, I'm not confusing prejudice with any of its other synonyms uh, from the quiver of our fine and descriptive language. Prejudice, a prejudging. That's what there is about Bush. They knew it. It's why his campaign used Jeb and omitted his last name. But the rest of his family, though equally to the manner born, were able somehow to politic. This is why Bush, really senior, senior, made the decision to move the family to Texas. Because he knew if they stayed in Maine and were the sons of a senator from Connecticut, he had the foresight to know they would be battling this, the fact that they were born with silver spoons in their mouths their entire lives. Move the family to Texas. Make them wildcatters. Work in the oil fields. Do something on your own, so to speak. Not all of them did, but his family to the manor born was able somehow to politic, to connect. Heb could not. And Heb is, was, a progressive, what they used to call a Rockefeller Republican, a rhino. Conservatism may not be as crucial as once it was, but rhinos still don't win Republican primaries, especially for president, thank God. Abby Normal, kind enough to hold during break, commander in this brigade, welcome back. All right. Well, you know what? How about how about this, Jay? Um, 
being that I'm blue collar, how about first sergeant? I, I think I've earned the right to demote myself. How about master? How about master chief petty officer? There you go. That'll work. That'll work. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what you know. This is what I really wanted to convey to you. When I watch Trump and I watch Rubio, and those guys speak, they touch me emotionally. I can get and and I heard it from your caller Jay last week on Friday. He it got oh, it. He was it, great, wasn't he? Yeah, but you get it on an emotional level. So, Ted Cruz being a little more cerebral, he just he thinks through things a lot more. So, for me, I know that you never do anything in anger. You, when you do things in anger, you, you 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 screw yourself every single time. Right. So it's if like you shopping. take a little more like time shopping. to think and be, a, it's like shopping yeah. when you're both hungry right. and it's stoned. Like, it's which right. I suppose it's are like, the same thing. You know. Yeah, it's like picking the ditzy blonde over the, the short little brunette <laughs> with with 160 IQ. You know what I mean? So so it's about thinking about it. Um, but to, to answer your question that you started the show with, I'm I'm sticking with Cruz the whole way until he's no longer there, and then I don't know what I'm going to do. You see, that's why <laughs> that's why Abby his responsibility. I mean, you, you, you thank you. You are illustrating not only an astute, but a crucial point here for everybody. Please hear me. What Abby just said, I'm sticking with Cruz, you know, till the cows come home. He knows that, does Ted Cruz. Any responsible, intelligent candidate knows that. And that's why the responsibility and the loyalty must go both ways. That's why this, Abby, cannot be a one-way street. Ted Cruz, or, you know, fill in the name, but in this case, Ted Cruz knows, like today. You know where Glenn Beck is today? Yeah. He's with Ted Cruz somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, after after Saturday, be the easiest thing in the world for Glenn not to pick up the phone. Glenn's right. with Ted today. You're with Ted yeah. today. I'm with Absolutely. Ted today. Yeah. A lot Still of us are with too. Ted today. But this is a really important matter in this calculus. Ted needs to be ever aware of this. He is he is like a master chief saying to a fellow SEAL, okay, you two, next in, next up. Two guys get chopped up. Chief says, you two next. You two next. You two next. They, Ted knows, must know, it's his moral and political obligation to know that we are ready to be the next two into the water or over the hill or to, or to yep. pull the chute or whatever. And it's his yep. obligation. And I'm not, not, I'm not lecturing Ted here. I'm, I'm observing a general law of physics, of politics. A responsible candidate knows that people are following him or her. And if... They had better believe, if they're staying in this, every moment they're in this, Abby, they had better believe that they can win because we believe it, and that's why we're sticking with them. We're giving them the few dollars we may have, or if we don't have the dollars to give them, we're hanging our ass out on the line to say, here's who I'm for, you know, and why. And that means something in our families, with our friends, in our communities, no matter who we are, it means something. And we're making that investment. And so there's no hidden message here. It, you, it just your observation 
offers me a welcome uh, chance to say, and I don't think we've talked about it before, this illustrates an obligation that the candidates have. You don't hang on two months too long in order to enhance your speaking fees. Don't do that to us. You know, if you're in it, we figure you're in it. And and, and we're in it for you. But don't, don't, you know, don't F around with our loyalty and our emotions. And again, I'm not directing this at Ted. I'm all in for Ted. You are. Glenn is. There's just a point that this raises as of Saturday. And everyone, everyone today in, in the media is 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 treating Ted, frankly, like he's deceased. Or maybe yeah, yeah, like it's, it's a, terrible. Or like a it's leper, terrible. maybe only. I want to. I, I have to go, but can I say some one more thing before yeah. I go? go? And this is pretty funny because I mean, you know how sometimes you can go onto uh, like Facebook or something and take a survey and they ask you who do you want to vote for blah 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 blah. Well, you go through it and at the end they 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 ask you for a contribution to to the RNC, and they stopped asking me or sending me emails about donations to the RNC when I told them that any donation I make will go to TedCruz.org, and that was it. <laughs> I never got another one. So, you know, just so if you, <laughs> it works. I, I don't that. think rents like no, that. They, as someone said today, and they, 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 you know, they say it a lot more in private, and I'm aware of some of that than they do in public. They fear Ted Cruz far more than they fear Trump. And everything, yeah. you, oh, absolutely. every criticism, essential criticism of Trump is captured in why they say they're afraid of Cruz because they say, look, Trump's just a nut. He, we can maybe work with him or around him. He doesn't hew to any particular set of ideals or principles or ideas or agenda. He's he's a businessman. He'll go where the wind blows him. But Cruz actually believes this stuff. That's why they're yep. more afraid of Ted. Abby, we yeah, and that other guy came out and said that today too. That somebody, yeah, uh, that uh, that Robert Reich. In yeah, his, in his in YouTube, is, uh, he's got Robert Reich is on YouTube saying this. You guys check it out. Abby, thank you for everything. Keep it up. I depend on you. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Jay Severin, Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners, perhaps chief among them, the Rock Man. Thank you for your patience. And Rocky, in introducing you, I will not hold up your appearance to uh, animate this any further. But just in case you don't know, and if you do or don't for your comment, and so that everyone knows, uh uh, Ted Cruz has just fired his campaign manager and chief strategist, Rick Tyler. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's exactly what I just posted. That's, wow. That's that's real interesting. What do you make of that, yeah. Jay? Um, well, I guess I'm protected in that uh, I'm offering an opinion. Uh, my opinion is that when I heard he had been retained and was functioning in that role, Rocky, 
I said the same thing you and I just both said about his departure. Yeah, uh, wow. Because I did not regard him, and I do not believe he is known at within these circles. I do not believe, for what that's worth, but I do not believe he was known as, and I did not personally, professionally believe him appropriate a choice for so crucial a role. I didn't think the breadth and and uh, tenure of experience in a national campaign was there to have the perspective necessary. So that's about as delicately as I can put it. I could recommend him a really good campaign manager. <laughs> well, I wonder, do you think do you think Rubio is going to hire Tyler or really cat under the circumstances and just like let him, Ooh, you know, let wow. him rock. That has implications to it, doesn't it? He would know where Yeah. all the good stuff is and isn't. Right. That's why. And you're yeah. very astutely. You're right. That's not why you don't hire him to actually manage your campaign. You hire him to embarrass yeah, the other all... campaign that just fired you and, and to give them all their intel. Yeah. You can be sure that he knows where all the vulnerable places are that he's been guarding against. Right. Well, Rocky, I know that's uh, not why you called, so I'm sorry to ambush you with it. I just learned about it. Oh, no. No, that's what, that's why we're here. This stuff, that's, that's, that's the exciting stuff. This is late-breaking stuff. I just have to, just like you, I think, have to let that digest a little bit, think about it some more. Um, I wanted to say kudos to Abby Normal out there. Um, you guys basically have segued kind of into what what I wanted to say, and that is... Uh, I think, I'm sure uh, I speak for Abby Normal when I say we are happy to be of service. Oh, he's awesome. He's awesome. I love him on Twitter. <laughs> and, and it's really good to hear him on the, on the, on the radio, too. But uh, what I wanted to say is uh, something you were just uh, talking about earlier, and that is everybody starts talking about Ted Cruz like it's past tense. I just, it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I feel extremely overly inundated by how Ted Cruz is, you know, like lost, lost the bubble, you know. Trump has 67 delegates. We have 2,472 delegates to go. <laughs> I just don't think right. Ted Cruz is all over yet. I mean, let's look at the big picture. It's just not. It's just not there yet. And you well, to play uh, devil's advocate, though, and this is why I've I've been to this rodeo many times, and I'm not surprised by the reaction of the mainstream media. To play devil's advocate, a lot of them are sitting around their editorial meetings and saying, okay, it's and quoting the number you just uh, astutely quoted, but saying, yeah, but that's like saying there are 2,467 2, rocks to circumnavigate uh, and avoid hitting before we reach this harbor. And, right. and uh, so far, we've only hit four. You know, but don't, you know, don't, there are many to go, so that could be looked at another way. Right now, a lot of Cruz people and, and uh, supposedly dispassionate analysts, Rock, are looking at this and saying, show me the path. Pick out the states. March 1st, a week from now, is Super Tuesday. 
And a week right. from that, yep. no, about about two weeks, less than two weeks from that, it becomes March 15th, 14th, 15th, which is where the winner-take-all primaries kick in. That's where it doesn't matter if you're second or third or fourth. Do you remember your questions from, uh-oh, oh, you still there, Jay? Yeah, I'm here, Rock. Okay, I just had an incoming call. That no, we out. hear you fine. Uh, do you remember your uh, your questions from the beginning of the show? Sure. How, how long would you follow your guy, you know, even after you maybe believed he was no longer viable? And will yes. you, do you have a calculus that tells you what you're going to do ultimately? Yes. And uh, had you not, if had you asked this question of me before this weekend, my answer wouldn't have been so clear, but my answer is very clear in my mind right now. I'm going to follow Ted Cruz until there is absolutely no hope left, and I am not going to fall into this category of a lot of other Americans who are going to start buying into this garbage about he's unelectable or we have to elect Rubio to beat Hillary or any of that garbage because I'm a team player. And I believe in Ted Cruz, and I'm not going to back down, and I'm not even going to show my cards to anybody else that says that I'm going to do anything else but support him until the last possible moment, and I'm not going to speak anything that's going to happen after that. It's like rooting for a team in a football game. You can be behind, like completely behind, but if you have real value for your team and a real alliance, and that you really believe in that team, you're not going to back off of it. And I ask right. people out there, I ask people out there to get that spirit in them. Maybe Ted doesn't have that charisma. I think that's the word, is charisma. So Maybe. We believe in him. We know that he's an honest broker. We know he's the man to follow. So we need to get that spirit ourselves. Rocky, that is well said. Now, I'm at the satellite break, but if you wish to begin the next segment, I welcome you to do so. Deal? I would, I would love to. I would love to, Jay. All right. Senior partner, Rocky of the Cosmos, is with us. I'm Jay Severin, Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, I'm Jay Severin, one 3393 Heb Bush is out of the race. That's news. It's kind of the news. But the real news is why? How? How could the guy who only had to hang on and do decently, even if he kept losing, If he just hung on and did decently, his bet was, if I can get to the convention, 
and nobody gets 1,237 delegates. No, no one, i.e. Trump. If no one gets 1,237 delegates before we get to the convention, then I know that mommy and daddy, uh, Mator and Petar, have this set up so that the convention will give me the nomination. And they would have. I'm not sure they won't. I mean, cutting through everything for this moment, keep in mind, all of these numbers and primaries and votes may matter, they may not. Before we welcome back Rocky, well, let's welcome back Rocky. Rocky, welcome back. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) All right, so let me mention something to you, which I I wanted to get out there just to give us some perspective. You would think, and if you know the answer, don't spoil it for me, bro. Okay. Uh, but it, but most people, I would imagine, wouldn't you, would that are for Bernie Sanders, or as he's known here, BS. Most people who are for BS must imagine, understandably, that he's doing fairly well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, again, if you know the answer, don't answer. But you know what I mean. Like, oh, Sanders was... essentially tied Clinton or beat her in Iowa. He beat her in New Hampshire. Yeah. He came within five points, uh, four points in Nevada. Uh, yeah. Okay, right? I mean, so you would yeah. think, looking at everything, the average millennial... <sighs> you know, Bernie Sanders supporter or any other kind of Bernie Sanders supporter would imagine, well, look, not only is it early, but, man, he's doing great. I mean, right? I mean, anybody I know who likes him, like uh, that my my kids know that love Bernie Sanders, say, are you kidding me? He's doing great. You know, he's he's beating her or tying her. He's going to be the next president. Okay. My point, Rock, and way of uh, uh, reintroducing I'm holding you is, my time. yeah, yeah. As of today, Democrat delegates, Bernie, yeah, has seventy. Hillary has <laughs> five hundred two. I knew. And you I say, <laughs> wait a second. Oh, how could that happen? And, you know, what happens is the party is what's going to happen on the Republican side, probably. Anyway, go ahead. Thank you for holding your tongue until now. Oh, oh no. I'm a little jealous of Abby. He got to guess the uh, 0.2%. Yeah, exactly. Well, you have, plenty of, you have plenty of opportunities to show off. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I wanted to build upon the, uh, the, the Trump uh, phenomena right now, and I... And I'm going to try it. I'm going to speak for both of us right now. Uh, hopefully I can do that. And that is, uh, I think that you and I actually stood up for Trump way early on when everybody else was trying to rip him apart. And he was coming out and he was the one that was talking about illegal immigration and all kinds of yep. things that were being brought to the attention. And now we have this monster that, you know, maybe we should have squashed him. You know, maybe you and I were wrong way back then, and we should have squashed him back then. Should have shivved him then. <laughs> that's right. Take this, you know, at like a true fighter, you know, a Spartan, or we should have killed him while we had the chance. 
But uh, I think, and uh, you and Abby were alluding to this earlier, that we have put up with seven years of Obama's crap being forced down our throats. And we're really mad. We're not just mad at Barack Obama. We're just not mad at the Democrats. We're mad at the GOP because they, they have lied to us. They have had this intentional impotence to inaction to stop Barack Obama to where there's this great distrust in the GOP uh, that just uh, Trump has tapped into that energy and yep. You know, may I offer? Easy. Sorry, may I offer you another yeah. headline to buttress what you're saying? Yeah, please. As reported by Fox and CNN and the Wire Services about two hours, ten minutes ago, the Congress is about to send Obama the OK to close Guantanamo Bay and release its prisoners. Now, why are we doing that? that? Those are exactly the, that's exactly the point of what kicks it I know, off. that's why, that's why I said it, Rock. I know. I mean, what, why the abdic, there are so many questions that arise from that, but I don't want that to, to foul our narrow tactical discussion here, but it illustrates exactly what you were talking about. This is an abdicate, we, who runs the House? Who runs, who has a majority yeah. in the House yeah. and the Senate? And, and yeah. if if Obama cannot, if Guantanamo cannot be closed without congressional approval, and it cannot, th- th- then th- wait a second. Well, again, which party controls the House and the Senate? And we're handing we this major victory to Obama. It makes no sense, and 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 that's where the anger right now. That I mean, they want we. We want, you know, to stomp up and down, blood, guts, veins in our teeth. You know, we want to kill, 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 kill the, the, the GOP party. They're, they're ticking us off. We're mad as hell. We, we don't want to take it anymore. Eating a river of liver and an ocean of fish, we just can't take it anymore. I mean, Donald, Donald Trump shows and, and brings that anger out to where people can just get PO'd and voice it. The problem is when you go back to that Donald Trump well after he wins, Donald Trump has said it just this weekend. He says, I can change into anything I want to. Yeah. yeah. He says, Boy, I'll change even more rapidly and more rapidly as time goes by. <laughs> yeah. He's a com- Let me he's play a devil's chameleon. advocate. Let me play devil's you advocate. Bet. We don't know. And I'm actually, I'm not only playing devil's advocate here, I'm stating what I believe to be the truth. Um, But I still want the protective cover as a legal technicality of devil's advocate. (laughs) Uh, uh, We don't know that Donald Trump, if inevitably, or I'm sorry, if, if ultimately elected, we don't know that Donald Trump will be a, a bad president. We have, a multitude of substantial reasons to doubt it, right? Yeah. And we don't know that he won't turn in. No, sorry, wrong words. We don't know that he won't behave 
as a fierce conservative. But there is no evidence to suggest or support that he will, right? That's the point exactly. My essential case for Ted has always been for Ted. But the minute you bring any comparative argument into it and you say, okay, well, that, that's why you're for Ted, right? Is, what about compared to other candidates? My first answer has always been, all right, you've heard why I'm for Ted, irrespective of everything else in the universe. The reason I'm for Ted over Trump is that I want a constitutionalist in office. And what I've got is a really exciting guy that is a great showman, yada, 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 but that offers me not a molecule of evidence that he has ever been or is now, and ergo is likely to suddenly become a constitutionalist. He might, but there's no evidence that he will. On the other hand, I've got a guy whose entire life is informed by being a constitutionalist. Why would I gamble? There's no reason to. There's absolutely no reason to. We have a guy with a proven track record, and that's what we need to do. Like I said earlier, I stand with with my man, Ted Cruz, until the very end. I'll, I'll stand beside him until it's absolutely the battle is lost. I, I won't back off from it, and I won't show anybody any vulnerability for anything otherwise. Even if I think it, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> well, don't don't cheat us of good copy here. You know, don't cheat the show of good copy. You know, we do want you to think it. Um, Rock, I've got to go. I, I, I'm so glad you called as ever. Uh, you, you know, call again soon as you are able. And uh, you are able, which is what's important. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. And we close this segment by asking and answering the following question and we do it in honor of rocky one of the big questions in the media today is where does george uh, sorry where do heb bush's votes go that's the question where oh where whither heb bush's votes now that he's out respectfully answered what votes jay on the Blaze Radio Network. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three on the Blaze Radio Network. You know where Glenn Beck is right now. You know where my boss, my friend, is right now. He's with Ted Cruz. When Ted Cruz did not win or finish second in South Carolina Saturday, it would have been awfully easy for Glenn to have kept the thirty scheduled appointments he probably had for today scheduled six months ago 
interviews, trips, fundraisers, stuff doing good for other people. It would have been awfully easy, awfully easy to say, I, I just, you know, I'm sorry. I, you know, Monday, I can't possibly drop, I can't drop everything. I'm supposed to be in, you know, Detroit for this, Atlanta for that. I've got, you know, I would have been awfully easy. The hard thing is not just to cancel your schedule. The hard thing is to cancel your schedule to stand next to the guy who didn't win. That's what my boss is made of. That's what my colleagues are made of. That's what you are made of. And that's what makes us a kind of family for real. I know it's a weird thing to say. I don't mean to be overly sentimental, though I am a sentimental gee. Uh, I say gee because it's still hockey season. But it's true. These days, a lot of the people with whom we communicate or spend time or are a part of our consciousness, a part of our day, are not like a hundred years ago, only the people with whom we come in physical contact each day. I mean, my fa- like you, my family is my life. It, they are the closest, they are organs of my body. Two minutes. But outside my immediate family, with whom I interact every day, I have you. I have you. And I don't say it. I'm not shrugging when I say it. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed for it. It's not just what I do. It's who I am. And so it's why telling the truth here is, is important. Is so important. Cause if you, you know, if you have to hear it from somebody good or bad, I want to hear it from you. I want you to feel you can hear it from me. I just heard from Warren, who is one of the uh, longest standing, wittiest, most reliable, most insightful of our Twitter family, say that I agree with so many other of the callers. I can't find it, so I'm paraphrasing. You know, I'm I'm with Ted Cruz as long as he's in it, but my guts tell me the charisma in the end is going to matter. And and that that makes it more likely Rubio outlasts Cruz. And and I can't I can't tell him he's wrong. Because I, I don't believe he's wrong. The same dynamics that had have elevated Donald Trump are whether or not we like it. You know, uh, the same elements that mean charisma may be more important than the Constitution. Twerking, dada. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.